0: Thank you. hockey Airport Live coming to you on 12 Ounce Sports. Cody Jan's in here with you Wednesday, June 10th. Time really feels like it's flying by. Show brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use promo code 120Zsports. When are you gonna make that deposit, and they'll match it up to one thousand dollars. That's a heck of a deal, right there. Mybookie.ag promo code 12 two OZ sports. The NHL is coming back. The NBA is coming back. You know you want to get in on the action. That's you know that's the, the most fun you'll have watching a game. You feel like you're almost in it when you got money on the line. Mybookie.ag promo code 12 two sports. Get in the action. Cash that ticket. Already on today's show, we got Adam Urban Trout right away. It's 9:20. Joey Tedereenko joins us, the pride of Saskatchewan, former Florida Panthers tough guy, great Sasky guy. He's gonna come on. I'm sure he's got some funny stories as well from his time with Florida. Then at 9:40, probably one of the bigger social media fan sensations. In a while, Tony X is gonna hop on the show. That one's gonna be fun. A little bit of a different. Uh, it's curveball for you. You know, not a former player. This is a fan's perspective. You know, that th- that's gonna be a good one too. Coming up at 9:40, Tony X. But first, we got a lot of stuff to crush down with Adam trout buddy. How's it going?
1: Not bad, buddy. How are you doing?
0: Can't complain. Can't complain. It's finally sunny outside. You know, we got through our half a foot of rain, it felt like. I think the golf courses are drying up, so I'm not going to complain.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. I have I pretty much have nothing else to do, so just golf and go. And yesterday was the first day it wasn't windy in like a week and a half, so that was good.
0: No hole-in-ones to report yet, though?
1: Nah, I was like within five feet yesterday, but... It it wasn't really that
0: close. We're gonna have to get you a 69 degree club. That, you know, get it up. Those are are definitely the wedges. I mean, anything in tight, I found like that, it just sticks it unbelievably. Like, I'm not amazing with my wedges by any means, but just with that club, you get a little bit of extra leverage, man, things sit like a dart.
1: Just a high flop shot.
0: Are you hitting eagles? Any eagles to report? No, just maybe a couple of birds in there?
1: My brother got one the other day on hole one. He he chipped in from like eighty yards out on a second shot. Okay, he had okay. No idea. He had no idea. Though I was like, I was walking up by the green, and I was like, I was like, man, you just got to you just got an eagle. He goes, oh, it went in. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen a guy so disappointed. E- to get Eric with
0: the big emotional celebration. Yeah. That's hilarious. Man, I got to ask you. We got to talk some hockey here because last night, I think it was Overdrive, you said Nathan McKinnon went on and he says he thinks Panarin should win the heart. Now, I don't know if he's just, you know, stirring up stuff because, you know, he knows they might have to face Dreisaitl or McDavid in the playoffs. Like from, from my perspective, that's my very first thought when I hear that. But like, is there an argument for Panarin to be the heart winner this year?
1: I think there is. Um, he, he he was incredible this year. I think he had ninety-five or so points, and he's playing on a Rangers team who has obviously sped up their rebuild, but at the same time, um, they're not not quite done it yet. And him playing with like a guy like Zabanski and and Chris Kreider and and those guys, but he'd probably finish second. Like I, I think that Drysdale had such a big gap on everyone else, and he was playing. Away from McDavid, which obviously a lot of people don't know or seem to not know. So, yeah, Panarin had an incredible year. He's the second highest paid player in the league, so you're paying him to do, but he had an incredible year.
0: Does it matter that New York was a little bit disappointing? Like, how much do you factor in team success into the heart? Because I know everyone's a little bit on the fence. Like, I, I honestly think it should matter somewhat because if you're the most valuable player, you're probably carrying the team on their back.
1: Yeah, like it, it means the that had a huge breakout year with like 40 some goals and, and not even 60 games but for the Rangers, I don't know if it was much of a disappointment. Like they sent out that letter two or three years ago to the fans being like yeah, like we're rebuilding it sucks but like we're rebuilding, we're going to get it right because like Derek Stepan and Broussard and all those guys left, and then all of a sudden it was just like they won the draft lottery. They got Panarin. They hit big on a Shesterkin, I think it Shosturkin. Like but yeah, they they hit big on a couple of guys, which obviously sped it up. So
0: can we say I they hit think- big on him yet? Though like he's played twelve games. I think he's good. Like don't yeah. get me wrong. I think yeah, he's like solid. The- but like I mean, are we gonna say like they've they've hit the jackpot? Because I don't know if I'm ready to go with that yet.
1: Well, I mean, like his his K numbers and then his A numbers and then early returns on the NHL have been good. So if he can keep that up, then I'd say next year it'd be more so like the Rangers should probably make the playoffs next year.
0: That's fair. I think I think they got a chance this year, even with the play-in too. Like, don't they face Carolina?
1: Yeah, yeah and, and they swept Carolina this year. That was like Carolina was was one of the teams that voted no, and also the Rangers. It, it helps that they're the Rangers and. A guy like Adam Fox is going to complain his way onto your, on, onto your organization pretty much and, and just get 40 or whatever points. So it helps that they're like the biggest market in the league or one of them.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's bigger than Toronto. But weren't people like saying like Adam Fox for Calder? Did I miss that? Like I was kind of reading like he was like trending on Twitter. And I was like, I was like, who? Like, isn't this guy that, like, cried his way out of multiple teams? And I think it is. Like, I think people are being like, oh, he should be in consideration for, like, multiple awards. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a big analytics guy. Everyone knows that. I'm more of, you know, what's actually, who's, who's lifting the cup. But, like, man, you're going to tell me that this guy deserves a sniff at a league award? I haven't heard of him all year.
1: No, like, I think two guys are going to get votes one and two and it's probably going to be split, and then after that it doesn't matter because it's a, it's a two-horse race.
0: I totally agree that I think that Quinn Hughes is going to win based on, I mean, you, you love to say recency bias, and I would 100% agree with that. Like, there, there's no doubt in my mind Quinn Hughes had a better second half of the year, but just how dominant Cale McCarr was at the start, and, like, man, just the way that he runs that Colorado defense, like, see you later, Barry. Not a problem. Kale McCarr took over. He was phenomenal. And, like, I'm not trying to take away anything that Hughes said, like, did or anything. Like, I actually think he will win the Calder. But McCarr has to be, you know, 1B. Like, no questions.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, kind of a toss of the, like, I also kind of think Hughes will win. But it's basically, like, like one fan base is going to be rape, but the rest of the league will be like, oh. Like, I'm, I'd love to have either player.
0: No kidding. No kidding. Hey, other news that um, broke this week, and I don't even remember what day it was. I think it was Monday. Maybe just taking a random swing there. Uh, U Sports, Canada West. I don't know, was it all of U Sports, or was it just Canada West? But they canceled all their fall sports, or like the championships at least. There's
1: Canada West, and then like OUA came out and did it too, I think.
0: Yeah, I think like Quebec's doing their own thing, but that's Quebec. Like, Is anyone really shocked? That they just do their own thing. I don't think so. But okay, so then hockey. For uh, Canada West hockey, I know like, you know, we don't follow it a ton, but you know, it's it's something that we're all close to. And they're now aiming for a January start date. I know they had already talked about a shortened season down to 20 games. Now it sounds like that could get cut even more, like we're talking 14 to 16. I I don't know, man. What's what's your thoughts on this? Because From the sounds of it, this is going to be really tough to pull off, especially with some schools saying, "Hey, not all classes are going to be in person this year." Especially like you know the ones like Mount Royal, Grant McEwen. They don't know if they're going to be getting these student athletes, you know, every single one of them in town and you know on the ice.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I mean, it's it's hard to say because like the January start, like the some some weak games like if Saskatchewan played Regina or Edmonton played Graham McEwen or Calgary or whatever but I don't know like you see you see the stuff yesterday in Alberta where they're lifting the cap on all restaurant bands and they're opening up rinks and pools and that's on June 10th or whatever June 12th it'll be and like I, I don't understand really how university hockey can be played in October and like I understand that classes are online like I'm I'm obviously a, uh, an example of classes being online, but at the same out. time, like, yeah, like at, at the same time, though, like, you can have guys live there because, they're, it's not like they're they're working a buncher in September and October, anyways, and like need to live at home, right? Like most of them are on a scholarship program from the Western Hockey League or Canadian Hockey League or, or whatever, and they're in a position where they're able to to go and live somewhere else and play. But at the same time, like you're going to tell university guys who the majority are focused on, on their schooling at this point, especially in third and fourth years where like, you're just going to take a 10 month break. Like, I don't know what that does for the, the quality of hockey, but I don't know.
0: I think the biggest thing for you sports is that if they can't get fans in the stands, they're not operating. I mean, it's, I get it, like, there's already teams who struggle with fans. Like, well, I guess Lethbridge is kind of no more tough to take a second jab at them. I don't think Regina does much for, you know, putting asses in the stands. Mount Royal, outside of the Crowchild Classic, like, they don't do anything. I don't know if UBC does much anymore, but, like, aside from Alberta, Saskatchewan, and sometimes Calgary, when they're good, these, these teams... They need fans to survive, or even like at least get by, like take minimum lo- minimal losses.
1: Yeah, and actually the fact that that you kind of said like the the three major major universities in that, or the are the three best, so like yeah, Saskatchewan, Calgary, and Alberta, maybe the three best teams, and they're probably getting the most online sponsor money, and, and all that, and then. Like, the, the U of R and whatever. not Royal probably aren't getting that. So, fat, even, like, 100 fans is more important to them.
0: In the nicest way possible. Like, I, I can't believe that some of those places still have teams. Like, it just doesn't sound profitable to me at all with, like, how much travel there is required. And especially now, like, BC has their own little collegiate hockey, like, like second tier, like the, the BCIHL, where they've got, like, they joined, they're joint now, though. Well, yeah, like Tr- Trinity West is. But they're like a rich school. It's like a private school anyways. But, like, you know, they, they still have, like, Selkirk, Simon Fraser, Victoria. Like, Alberta's got the ACAC, which Briarcrest tries to play in. <laughs> We're not going to say that they actually play in it because that's not a pretty site. Um, and then, like, I don't know. Saskatchewan doesn't really. But, like, you'd think that, like, Saskatchewan, Manitoba yeah. could come up with something like just a second tier system, right? Where like all these top schools, like how much better would it be? And I get it, the travel would be ridiculous if like the University of Alberta is taking on New Brunswick. You know, I think University of Toronto was pretty good. McGill used to be a wagon. Like the actual like cream of the crop, like say the top eight to ten U sports teams. What happens if they were in their own league? Like that would be taken seriously. That like. People would take the U Sports way more seriously because they would be sending top players to the NHL and the American League.
1: 100%. Yeah, exactly. And this year is especially different because, like, with lack of travel, I think the standings might be a little, a little fluctuated if the season gets played because UBC is going to play Trinity Western six times. And no offense to them, but, like, UBC's got a bunch of former western hockey league guys and trendy western has a bunch of former junior a and ki guys realistically (laughs) even
0: worse it's yeah i I mean i've seen some of their recruits and like i'm not one to like toot my own horn i was never this like special hockey player or anything but like oh my goodness some of their like recruiting class i'm like no there's no way these guys are going to be half decent like they're not going to be able to keep up yeah they're yeah, and
1: that's what it is. when the merger happens, so maybe we'll see if this season does.
0: At least Grant McEwen's going to be pretty sick. Last thing I wanted to ask you about: we got a few more minutes here. The WHL, Dustin Wolf was named goaltender of the year. Not really surprising, like he plays in that Everett system. Like Everett might as well just keep that goaltender of the year trophy there as long as they've uh, you know got someone competent between the pipes. But here's the real question, and I know that you know. He he might lean towards cheering for the Alberta teams for Calgary and Edmonton, but, like, man, we didn't see him in World Juniors, so it's tough to, I don't know, not pick him apart. But, like, is there NHL potential there? Because when I see small goaltenders in the WHL that even have success, I struggle to see anything at that next level. Like, the last guy that I can really think of who was a small goaltender... In the W.H.L., Dustin Tokarski. That's that's who I would say was probably the most successful small goaltender in the past 20 years.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know, man, like, great, like, an, and I've talked to, like, to people around the rink who work for NHL teams, say we won't even look a guy if he's under 6'1", or 6'2". Like, it, it just, like, doesn't matter because the game's so fast, and it's so fast and if you're giving up two or three inches just because, like, there's nothing you can do about it, you're just not very tall, then, like, you can't get your toe or your, your pad on the shot. So, like, I know a lot of teams don't like it, guys, if they're under 6'1 or 6'2, but um, most numbers speak for themselves, and we'll, we'll see what happens, like, the Everett, I'm always curious to see what happens after the Everett system, but I think their last four or five goalies have at least played in the c- coast or the AHL, Austin Lott and Ken Simpson, and obviously Carter Hart, but like Carter Hart at gross numbers there, and then he went to the HL and he, he wasn't even 900 and the Flyers were just desperate to get him up and and they didn't, his, his splits this year were ridiculous where he was like 930 or Unbelievable. Them, and then on the road. Yeah, and then then on the road he was like, pfft, he was I don't even know if he was eight ninety on the road, so it's like I, the system definitely helps, but like obviously like their last couple goalies have gone on to pro hockey, and and with Hart being the latest example, he's done the best job.
0: Okay, well we'll wrap up with that then because you brought up a good point of Carter Hart being way better at home and when we come into the NHL playoffs now there's not going to be any fans and I, I'd say fans are obviously the toughest part of road games especially being a goaltender like I I picked Philly to win at the start of the year and you know before playoffs here like do you think that gives them an advantage when you have a guy like Carter Hart who's so good in the comfort you know of, of the home rink where you know the fans aren't on you like do you think that actually gives them a little bit of extra leverage?
1: just going to be so different unlike any
0: well a little bit of an experience. advantage
1: yeah like I mean obviously it's easier to play in front of no fans than it is to play on the road for for most goalies I'd say like it's it's pretty quiet and whatnot so maybe that does help them out
0: I agree I 100% agree with that and that's definitely a thought that's gone through my mind especially because as you said like his home versus away. like It's not like he was terrible on the road. I don't think their team in general was that great on the road, but it's going to be... a couple blow-up games, I think. Oh, it happens. I mean, he's still 20 years old. Hey, Adam, buddy, appreciate you coming on the show. As always, always great insight. Beauty. Thanks, man. Adam Erman Trout joining the show. Our uh, Canada West insider there. Always good to get that insight, especially as any child takes as well. We're going to be back after the break. Joey Tedaranko coming on. Good saski boy. Yes, we're going to get stories. This is World Hockey Report coming to you live on 12 Ounce Sports. It's World Hockey Report live coming to you on 12 Ounce Sports. Cody Jansen with you here. It's Wednesday, June 10th, 923 local time. Bringing up our big guest of the day for Wits Nutrition and Performance, WNP. You got to go check them out. That's your place. You want a personalized workout program. Doesn't matter if you're quarantined inside, can get out to the gym now. Go hit up Curtis and his team there. They're going to hook you up. A great plan. You want nutrition? Go check them out as well. They got great clothing too. They really do a little bit of everything. Wits Nutrition and Performance. Go hit them up today. Join now. The pride of Saskatchewan. We love our Saski guys on this show, so it's a big honor to have former Florida Panther on it, Joey Tenorankel. Joey, how's it going?
2: It's going very well. Thanks for having me on.
0: Hey, not a problem. You keeping busy during quarantine? I, I know you said you're in the middle of a move, so obviously that's like stressful times to begin with. But like, you know, are you still able to, to get out a little bit? Uh yeah, actually,
2: it's been it's been fun spending time with the family. Not busy going to work, school, hockey, all those other things that you that tear you away from home. So it's nice to be able to stay home. But yes, I am in the middle of a move. we be able to get some stuff done around home before we, we head on our new to our new house in Calgary. So it's been nice.
0: You're coming out to, you know, the, the prairies again. That's got to be a, a little bit of a relief. Obviously, you grew up in, in St. Louis right around Prince Albert there. What was it like growing up and playing minor hockey? Because I, I, I played minor hockey in Saskatchewan, obviously, as well. You know, more so in the 2000s. But, but still, it was... It was a different style. I, I, you know, watching minor hockey nowadays, and I'm sure you, you see it as well, like, it's all about skill, you know, like, finesse, playing like that. Like, even when I was growing up, like, Saskatchewan in general was just, like, slap shots and body checks. That was the only thing. There was nothing else that mattered in the game.
2: That's exactly it. It was very competitive, very rough. Um, It was all about making sure you got the puck in deep, finishing your check, and getting the puck to the net any way you could. Um, I don't remember a lot of skill training. I just remember making sure you worked as hard as you could every time that you were on the ice and make sure you had a competitive edge so nobody could take advantage of you.
0: Okay, so you played in, in St. Louis And obviously you said you guys had to team up Just to make a team Like that's pretty common in Saskatchewan But like were you just ripping up like minor hockey and stuff Like were you a unit back then Were you just like bigger than everyone And kind of did what you wanted
2: Yeah, I guess from the time I was Getting into minor hockey I was always much bigger than my age group um, You know, I, I, could, I could skate And I was big and I, so I could move So yeah in the small towns, like we had to team up with um Saint Louis teamed up with Dormy, Waka, Cudworth, all those little communities around there to make one team. And playing games other small communities, yeah, I guess you could say I had my heyday out on the ice until I got more competition when I was
0: older. I don't I don't remember if I ever played in St. Louis. I'm sure I did but I was too young to, to really remember. But do you by chance remember ever playing in Warman in that small little diamond arena?
2: Yeah, I do. I, there's a couple ranks that I do remember. I remember Warman, um, you know, Waka, obviously, it was one of our home rinks. St. <laughs> Louis um, only had natural ice uh, when I first started minor hockey, so you only could play when it's cold.
0: guaranteed it had a tractor Zamboni as well. There's no other way. <laughs> well,
2: when I first started, we didn't even have the Zamboni.
0: Everybody <laughs> would jump the boards and grab 4 by 8 to of with. Yeah. scrape the ice during periods. And then at the end of the day, they would pull this big water tank with hot water over the, over the ice to have that one flood. Yeah, it's got, it got a blanket behind it. That's hilarious. Joey, then you move on. I mean, you end up playing in the Western League, Portland, for four or five years. Like, how fun was that? Like, man, like who gets to spend their whole junior career or, you know, major junior career with one team? Like, that's unreal. Plus, you end up winning a Mem Cup. Like, what, what does it mean to, you know, spend that time in Portland for you? Because that's, that's a different world as well. Like, you know, you're coming from small-town Saskatchewan to Oregon.
2: Yeah, going from... I remember uh, when I was drafted in the bathroom draft. It was one of the first years that they had the bathroom draft. Um, and I thought for sure that I was going to be picked by the Pittsburgh Raiders. Um, my dad played for the Raiders. My uncle played for the Raiders. And I'd grown up with going with my grandpa with season tickets. So the Raiders were really kind of all I knew about the Western Hockey League. And then once the bathroom draft came along, I was picked by Portland. So, and, and I wasn't really sure about Portland, Maine, where it's that kind of thing. So, <laughs> coming from 400 people, coming from 400 people being drafted, there was, it was, it was a big learning experience to even figure out, you know, the life of Saskatchewan. I played a year in uh, North Balfour, went to A and then off to Portland as a 16-year-old. Um, and there's not, there's so much I could say about the organization of Portland. Like, they treated everybody so well. They have great fan base. And like you talked about, spending my whole junior career there with the same team was awesome.
0: Yeah, like that's something rare, like, you know, five years on the same team, it, it really doesn't happen, like, you know, if you're a superstar, even like generally, you know, it's a business, I get it, and so usually they are going to end up shipping someone out, so that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. Then you make the jump right from juniors to the NHL, correct, in Florida?
2: Well, I spent a year, about a year and a half in the American League, so I left Portland after my 19-year-old year. And I wasn't sure if I was going to go back to my overage year, but ended up um, sticking with Florida's American League affiliate who was teamed up with Carolina in New Haven, New Haven Connecticut. There wasn't a lot of spots, but I guess for a young guy who just turned 20 to be able to play in the American League at that time, I must have been playing pretty well and be able to, to carve out some ice time. So I didn't either get sent back to junior or sent to the East Coast. So I was in the American League right away as a real young player.
0: I skipped over one thing. I've got it in my notes. I just seen it right here. What was the Mem Cup celebration like? Like I, I mean, that's unreal. That's what every every kid in Canada playing juniors aims for. Like that's what kids want. That's honestly, I probably you know growing up. Watching like the Memorial Cup like I don't remember it was on like Rogers or something like we'd always have to go to our neighbors to watch it Like it was a big thing because like not many kids had the channel So like you watch that on TV and like that was so special. I thought that was unbelievable Like what was it like winning it? And then what was the celebration like after?
2: It was, it was amazing. because like we talked about earlier for me to spend all those years with the same team so I got to Portland at the right time. They were in just starting a rebuild when I was 16 years old. And we had a core group that stayed for the four years. And we peaked right at, you know, my 19-year-old year. Obviously, we got some players in. Um, Marion was came to our team that year, which is an unbelievable, one of the best hockey players in the world. Sounds and, all right.
0: You know, to be able to stay in Portland four years and then finish it off, winning the
2: World Cup, was, was such a special thing for our group of players, for, for the... Uh, for the city of Portland, because when I started, that's when Kamloops was winning all of their Memorial Cups and going into Kamloops and taking care of business, getting 12 to one. And then finally winning the Memorial Cup ourselves was was awesome. We had such a tight group. We uh, had so much fun on the ice and off the ice. So once we won the Memorial Cup, we got back to Portland and I think we stayed there for like a month, just having fun in the city. We had, we had a small parade, we had a big celebration downtown Portland um, it was it was almost like a, a Stanley Cup um, celebration for the
0: city of Portland it was, it was amazing oh I believe it they love their hockey there like that is I would I would you know I'd probably not far off saying it's one of the best organizations in the Western League like you know just how they sell out to the Rose Garden or Moda Center whatever like you know just how they pack those places how much they love their hockey you know it's
2: absolutely the tradition of hockey in Portland is kind of a little under the radar but going all the way back to the the 60s and 70s with the portland buckaroos and the Rosebuds, and then getting the, the team from edmonton in the 70s they've always had a tradition of hockey and supporting their hockey teams greatly and so it was a lot of fun i've gone to some some chl games here in ontario and it just doesn't seem the same you know i know ontario is a a lease at least a uh <laughs> least province and then they're kind of only worried about the NHL, but the tradition of of junior hockey at West is, is amazing. It makes it that much
0: more special. That's going to be sickening for you, Saski boy. No one cheers for the Leafs. Who was the guy you looked up to then? Like you know, who who's the guy who you kind of modeled your game after growing up?
2: Well, growing up, like like you said, I had season tickets to the Raiders. Uh, well, I didn't have season tickets. I went with my grandfather who had season tickets to the Raiders. But I grew up watching guys like Ken Baumgartner, Dave Manson, Rich Pelon. You know, Richie. all those guys from the stuff. Chris Raider teams back in the 80s, and so just that brand of hockey, and then growing up, I, I was a Boston Bruins fan, I loved Cam Neely, and I loved great work, so, you know, Cam Neely, I thought, was just the most complete hockey player that you could see, he could he could score, he could skate, he could hit, he could fight, he was the ultimate hockey player in my eyes, and, and I wanted to kind of model myself after him, even though as a defenseman um, growing up, uh, that's somebody who I just really looked up to as a as a hockey player, and, he was a the Winterhawk as well, so it was
0: pretty fun. So you started off playing defense then?
2: Yeah, I was drafted as a defenseman. I played defense all the way until my second year pro. Oh,
0: That's no great. way. I
2: played D, and then um, with our American Hockey League affiliate being with Carolina, there was only so many spots in the American League. So, um being a split squad, I played defense my first year, and then we had a lot of defensemen in the uh, in the system, even at the NHL level, American League level. There's a lot of defense. So the, uh, the depth chart was really deep at D. Um, they liked how I played physical. Um, Chuck Fletcher came to me after my first year, or close to the end of my first year uh, in New Haven, and asked me if I wanted to try playing right wing. They said they liked my aggression, how I skated. They wanted me to, you know, kind of be an agitator up front. Um, so I moved to the right wing for about ten games at the end of my first professional season, and they really liked what I did. And I was—I think—I was called up to the NHL in six or eight months after making the, the position move. So,
0: what was your "Holy shit, I'm in the NHL" moment? Like, when when did it hit you that you're like, "I'm here," like I'm I'm in the National Hockey League?
2: Well, my first "Holy shit" moment was was actually the first time I got called up. I missed my flight, so I never got to play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no way.
2: So, yeah. So, um, we were we were in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, we were playing with the, the Louisville Panthers, was our affiliate. First time I got call, called up, they called me at eleven in the morning, and they said, "Hey, Oleg, Oleg Kavash is sick, and we want to know if you can make it down to Florida to play tonight." Um, obviously, they asked me. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to say? No. They said the only thing is your flight leaves at one. You have to get to the ring, get your gear, and and. And I'm like, that's no problem. But my flight was in Cincinnati, not Louisville, which was about an hour away. Oh, so my. I had to book it. And as the as I was getting to the gate, it was pulling out of the gate. So I never got to play my, for my first call up, and never got called up until the next year. So
3: no it was, way.
2: Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was really disappointing. So because you never know if you're going to get called up again. So it was a little bit agitating. But I guess fueled for the next you know couple months to, to make me want to get there even more. But going back to your question, what was the first oh shit moment? Um, like I said, Ray Bork was, was one of my favorite players growing up. In my first NHL exhibition game, we played the Boston Bruins, and he was playing. So just to sit on the bench and watch him play was surreal to me. I'm like, I'm on the same ice as Ray Bork. And the funny thing was, he had grabbed the puck in the corner, and he was wheeling around the net, and he did a lazy backhand pass in front of his own net. And we picked it up and scored, and I was disappointed. I wasn't cheering. I'm like, no, Ray, not in front of your own net. (laughs) He he was, he was for the other team. So, just being able to see those those players that you grew up watching and be on the same ice was was you know pretty
0: amazing. That's unreal, Joey Tedarenko, our big guest today for what's nutrition and performance. We only got a few more minutes, but I got to ask you, what was your first goal? Who was it on? Like, you know, walk me through it. Was it greasy or was it unreal?
2: It was uh, it was pretty unreal, I scored my first two NHL goals in the same game.
0: Okay, that's alright. So I got, I got called up and it was pretty early in my first stint up in
2: Florida. And we were playing against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the goaltender was Ron Tugman. And it was, uh, it was late in the first period and we were breaking out of our zone. And um, I was on a two-on-one with uh, Goldie Jokinen. He actually sauced the, the, the puck right over. I just grabbed it and I went top shelf and it was really really a nice highlight goal and, and uh, I remember I remember the coach for the Columbus Blue Jackets was uh, was Gerard Callance, he was an assistant coach, and he was laughing at me and yelling at me. He said, Where did that come from? I've never seen that before. he was my coach the year earlier in Louisville, so it was pretty it was pretty comical. But then I, I scored again the next period and then I thought maybe I was gonna get my hat to get a hat trick for my first three goals but
0: you know, kind of went, went drier after that. I think I only ended up to four. four Two, two's enough. <laughs> two's enough. Oh, man, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to jump on, man. we got to get, I mean, we'll get you on again this, this summer or something. I mean, we didn't even, you know, scratch the surface on your NHL career. we got to get into some of those fights. I mean, there's videos all over of you beating the wheels off, guys. A bunch of kids that, you know, maybe a little bit too cocky coming into challenging you. So we will get into that. Joey, though, man, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it.
2: And thanks for having me, Cody. It's always a pleasure to talk about hockey.
0: So. We'll definitely talk have to get to you back welcome. on. Best of luck with the move, too. Thank you so much. Joey Tenarenko, our guest. Wow, that's a good one. Former Florida Panther. Good old Sasky boy. Anytime you get those Saskatchewan guys on, you got to do it. There's nothing better. Nothing better at all. Being somebody who grew up in Saskatchewan, like, you know you play those small towns you know someone in St. Louis like just their odds of making it to the NHL it's it's so much smaller like just the the exposure it's not there it's a different world and so for a guy like Joey Tenarenko to go out and carve an unreal dub career like nonetheless like if you retire after that you're still unbelievable senior hockey pays all right too but then to go on to the NHL do stuff Couple of goals against Ron Tugnet. That'll work. Alrighty hit Commercial ba- break back after this with Tony X, the goat of hockey fans. St. Louis's finest. This is World Hockey Report coming to you live on 12 ounce Sports. It's World Hockey Report live coming to you on 12 ounce Sports. Cody Jansen with you here, Wednesday, June 10th, 9:43 local time up in the Great White North. Our next guest brought to you by 69 Degree Golf, the best wedges in the game. They are gonna change your game as well. Hey, I'm not the best golfer out there, but once you get this weapon in your hand, you're gonna be throwing darts at the pin. It's it's not even gonna be fair anymore. You're gonna be absolutely waxing the guys you're playing with. The best wedges out there, 69 Degree Golf, get it up, put it in the hole. That's what you wanna do. Hey, our next guest, one of the you know most viral Hockey fan, sensation, whatever you want to call him, of the recent past. Tony X, our man Anthony, joins us on the line right now, buddy. How's it going? It's going great. How you doing? Hey, not too bad, not too bad. Appreciate you making the time, especially for World Hockey Report, now that you are a hockey fan officially. Would you say it's your favorite sport, or can we not go that far yet?
3: What i say is, um... It's it's up there. Do I want to? I don't want to make any proclamations, man. Because I say one thing, some people get mad. But I would say it's definitely. It, it's it, it's one or two. I don't want to. It's definitely one or two, but it's definitely it's my favorite to watch. But I've I've grown up watching football and baseball, like. But hockey is definitely is definitely going up there.
0: Hey, hey, the Blues aren't leaving you like the Rams did. I thought we went over that.
3: <laughs> exactly. Like I don't. There's no way to cup
0: oh or man like a what a, what a past couple of years for them unbelievable
3: yeah, yeah they've been uh we've had some ups and downs but they get they,
0: they the up hey i mean sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do whether that's fighting in practice hey if it wins you a stanley cup i mean what a what a team though knowing a couple of guys hey they pick players from the best place in the world saskatchewan so yeah what do you bring a bunch of canadians down there <laughs> You know, Chief's an unreal coach too. Not not a surprise that those guys yeah, okay. gelled in won a Cup.
3: Yeah, I remember I remember that fight. Like I was joking when I said like this is this fight gonna turn the season around. Like I was I was kinda joking when I said it, but it actually kinda did, like start going up. Hundred
0: percent it did, hundred percent. It brought the team closer. Everyone's kinda like, Okay, these guys wanna win a hockey game, so shit, let's put it together.
3: That's how it goes sometimes.
0: Man, I gotta ask you though, that very first game, when you went viral on Twitter there, like walk me through the situation, like how how, how did you start watching the game? Like were you at a friend's house? Were you kind of like, did you just accidentally flip on the channel? Like did your remote die when you are on ESPN or Fox Sports Missouri or what?
3: No, see what happened was basically I was looking for the Cardinals game <laughs> like we have uh, a station out here that shows like the Blues the Cardinals, but the Blues were in the playoffs, so usually the channel that's showing the Cardinals baseball game, it was showing the Blues game that day. So I just I just looked at it for a second, say, let me just check this out for like a minute. <laughs> and then, like, nobody on Twitter, I just started tweeting out, like, nobody, I didn't know anybody that followed hockey, nothing really. About it. I just started, I don't know how it got blown up. Somebody seen it, just started retweeting it, but yeah, it just got blown up because I was accidentally looking for a baseball game.
0: What was, like, I know you tweeted out, like, hilarious things. Like, I mean, that, that's obviously funny, but, like, what, in your memory, like, what's your first thoughts then of, of seeing hockey, like, you know, like, we're sitting down to watch a game where you kind of, like, man, these guys are actually crazy. Like, they're just whipping around on ice with, you know, knives on their feet, and they're trying to kill each other out there.
3: Exactly. Like, it. Like when I turned it on, like, it's the first thing I saw, it basically never stops. Like, except you get icing or something, obviously, I learned that. But it it never stopped. It was going up and down, just beating the hell out of each other, just trying to score a goal. And I'm like, it's
0: kind of lit, man. that it's 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 unreal like I I I love you know I got to play down in Texas for a little bit and it's kind of the same thing like most people had never actually been to a game like generally we're playing in front of 6,000 empty seats but you know you, you bring fans of football basketball baseball to the game and they're like man, this is pretty exciting actually. Like, you know, this is something I can get behind. So it's awesome to see. Then you went to your first game and like, okay, the funny, one of the, my favorite tweets too. You're like blues fans showing up to games and you had him in like full out winter clothing, like scarves, toques, all of that. Like, like did, did, did you actually think it was going to be like that cold inside the rink for fans?
3: I, I mean, it, it was a room full of ice. Like I didn't know how cold it would be. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that cold, but it felt good. It was just, I mean, that first game was amazing. We destroyed the uh, Dallas Stars that game.
0: What was it like though? Like, <laughs> like what? What's your thoughts of being there? Like sitting in person? I don't know where you were sitting. Like, were you close to the glass? Like the bench? Where I was, I
3: was right behind them. They put me like right behind the goalie. Like, and what I didn't realize is that they had like speakers on like the ice so you can hear literally everything you can hear the puck moving you hear the ice skates. you can like hear everything that was not i didn't expect that but yeah, i was right behind the other going
0: that's unreal then so then you get to see like the goal celebrations and stuff okay i know this is a hot topic and i gotta ask you because obviously you follow football too like nfl touchdown celebrations or hockey goal celebrations which one's more exciting i mean that's
3: feel like hockey once they score basically everybody on the ice celebrates things together nfl's <laughs> not always like that sometimes one person might do a little dance and everybody just runs back to the sideline but hockey's like everybody contributed to that goal and they all just do a little group hug and a little
0: uppercut punch <laughs> <laughs> was there a fight in the game at least against dallas like i, I don't i can't oh, say yeah. oh yeah do you have
3: you? Seen I'm sure you've seen like that Ryan Reeves when he like little kids at the uh star bench, that was that game. Like he fought like right in front of me. It was I jumped
0: up, I was banging on the glass and everything. Man, Revo is one tough customer. Are you like were you I guess you're sitting that close, right? Like were you shocked at to how big some of those guys are? Like man, especially the blues defense, do you like they're massive? Right,
3: they're they're big, but then when they
2: put on the the skate they're even taller. <laughs> so
0: yeah. Those are big dudes. Dude, that's, I mean, it's, it's hilarious. That, like, a lot of people, you kind of look at it, you're like, man, like, they don't look that big. Like, obviously, camera angle changes it. But when you're there, like, the, the odds of them being under 6'3 is almost rare. Like, it's a, there's a little more common now with some forwards. But, like, on the defensive side, goalies, no, it's everyone's massive. They're units. And then, yeah, you add the skates. Different story.
3: I actually met Reeves after the game. I took a picture, with but it's with my old phone, so I never got to post it. But he's a big dude. He's a big buff dude. I would not want to get in any arguments with him, I can tell you
0: that. <laughs> he is. And the way, like, how fast he is, too. That's the biggest thing about Revo that people don't expect. Like, he motors out there. He's just buzzing, and then he'll crush guys. Wow. Like, I mean, imagine, like, yeah. in, in, in the NFL, like, in football and stuff, like, if you get hit, like, you're not getting whiplash hitting the boards or anything like, you know, but in the NHL, like you're getting crunched into glass and like boards, like it's a different story. Exactly. Exactly, Dude. And then the, then the blues, they, they, they go off. I mean, they're the worst team in the league last year. I mean, Hey, maybe you sparked the comeback. Maybe, maybe, you know, some of those guys seen it. They're like, Hey, Tony X believes in us. Let's go, last to first, and they win the cup. Like, what was that like? Like, I mean, now, now by that point, like, you're a Blues fan, man. Like, you're you're tied in. You're a Blues fan. Right. Like, what was it like seeing them win a cup and go on that crazy run because no one thought it was happening? Well, so
3: like we we have like before that season even started, like we had the talent, like we like we were one of the best teams in the league. It's just I don't know what happened. Just we just needed, we just needed a change. Like when Ben. When I first saw Bennington start playing, I'm like, this dude is actually pretty good. So I'm like, we should just, just let's just start him because we have the skaters around him. Nothing against Allen. I mean, Allen's a great goalie. He basically, he was coaching up Bennington throughout the playoffs. He was helping him out. Doing, he was like a scout team goalie and everything. So it wasn't nothing against him. But when I was seeing Bennington, I'm like, this dude, he, we, we can ride him. We, we can uh, We can do some things. We can. Uh, he, he can take us far. But when I first saw that, I mean, we just kept going on the runs. We got Ruby in there. He was coaching them up. We just needed, like, we had the talent. We just needed a couple changes, and it
0: actually worked. Okay, what are the the more exciting guys? And, I, I mean, this is probably my little breakdown a little bit more. And one of the guys who I found was super impressive in the playoffs was that Sammy Blake kid, And, like, Oh, yeah. He he yeah. was humming around like were were you there at one of those games where he was just wrecking guys like he would go and have a shift where he would hit four guys like like hit them hard too like not just nudge them. I went to one Stanley
3: Cup game. It was game three, and we got destroyed. So I'm like, I
0: can't go to anymore. <laughs> Bad luck. <laughs> just, I'm i like, superstitious. I'm like, no, nope, I cannot go to anymore. Like we got it was the
3: first game. It was like the first. Like I don't know, like since like fifty two years, fifty years. So I like I had to go, but then I got there. We just got a story, but yeah, I mean our fourth line, like we our fourth line, we we started our fourth line a couple games, is because how how well
0: they're playing. Man, Chief loves that. I mean, Craig Berube, he he loves that tough physical style. And, like, man, Boston's such a mean team as well. Like, you need to be able to match that. And then, you know, you get a little bit extra scoring power with guys like Ryan O'Reilly. Like, man, the, the Blues were just a perfectly built team. You got Bennington. And, I mean, I, I've got them in my prediction going back. I know, hey, you commented on that. You don't agree with uh, them losing to Philly. But, like... I mean, from your fan perspective, can you see them repeating?
3: Unbiased. If we, if we, if I, if we make it through the West again, like with if we like play the Avalanche, I feel like the Blues and the Avalanche are the two best teams in the West. I feel like whoever comes out of the West, which I think is the Blues, will win mm-hmm. because I mean, just, I feel like they'll be battle tested, especially the Blues, but. I feel like we can go back-to-back, back. but it's it's going to be weird because, every, I, mean, I mean, we've never seen, like, how, how long has it been, three,
0: four months, where <laughs> Who's keeping track? Is not doing anything? <laughs> right, so,
3: I mean, that's why I feel, I feel like the Blues, if, if, they can, if they can get to the West, to the Avalanche, they'll be battle-tested enough just like last year where they can go
0: back-to-back. Back. It's a lot of hockey going to, you know, Game 7 Stanley Cup Finals last year and then going back. That's a ton of hockey, but hey, it'd be it'd be cool. Like, I mean, I, I'm not against it. I, you know, I love the Blues. They've got some great guys, and hey, they pick from Saskatchewan, the best province in Canada. So I'm not going to complain. You know, the Prairie, the Prairie Tough Boys there. Hey, on a more serious note, though, like you know, hockey in general. You're you're a new fan. I'll call you that. I know it's been a, a few years now, but you know, with the the Hockey Diversity Alliance and that stuff coming out of uh, recent too. You know, it's it's a predominantly white sport, and it's a predominantly you know unknown sport in a, a lot of communities down in the states where you know minorities might uh, not be might not be as attracted to it. What can hockey do? Like I know you you mentioned a guy like Ryan Reeves, and Reeves has been fantastic for it. Like he's always been great with the fans. Like when you said you got to meet him, like I'm not shocked at all. Like he he just seems like that type of guy. Who who appreciates what others do and what fans do and what people give back to the game? So, from your perspective, like how how do you think hockey can get more involved? Maybe be a little bit more inclusive with fans who aren't uh, you know right away is attracted to it because they're they're born up in Canada.
3: I mean, it just needs to be. I guess because uh, it, it's, it's first is the hardest sport to get in because you gotta. The equipment you gotta buy, everything you gotta
0: get, expensive shit. You gotta shit. learn how to
3: skate. I mean, that's that's like the first thing. Like you gotta expand that to basically the people who aren't watching the game, who don't know about hockey. So I mean, that's the first hurdle, and that's that's the big hurdle to get over. But I mean, once like once you get that, I mean, it's it's a great game. Like it's a, it's a great game. You will people will love it. It's just you just gotta get their attention. because I mean I love sports I watch sports but anytime anybody saw <laughs>
0: Damn icings and offsides. Do you see it, though, from your perspective, like like starting to grow and, like, reaching more people in, in St. Louis? Obviously, like, the success is going to help and, like, their Stanley Cup raids crazy. But, like, you know, is it oh, actually, definitely. like, really starting to take off there? Yeah,
3: definitely. Like, like when, especially with the Blues winning the Cup, of course, more people going to look into it and get. But even before that, like, I was having people, like, hundreds, Thousands of people just telling me, oh, I, I heard, it, I, I saw this black guy watching hockey, so I checked it out too, and I, I kind of like it too. Like I've gotten a thousand of messages over the years. And yeah, I mean, it's gonna take. There's no, it's not like a light switch you can flip. where you can get people to watch. It's just gonna take some time for them to adapt it and, and just actually try to check it out. Basically, it's just gonna take time for that. Just got to get it marketed right, and got to get
0: people in. Hey man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on this show. Love, love the Twitter. I mean, hey, you, you spread a lot of positivity out there, which is definitely something you know needed in the world. Love your honky takes as well. So hey, I guess we'll see if the Blues do good. You know, maybe maybe I'll uh, you know hit you with the cash app. We'll, we'll put a case of beer on it or something. But I, I don't know if I see the Blues getting past Philly if they face him in the finals. I I mean Carter Hart. I gotta stick with them there. That's uh, that's a tough hurdle. That's, that's what they said. Hey man, that's true.
3: If blues can beat be him at home. I'll, 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 I, can, I can
0: have us doing anything. Hey man, I appreciate it, Tony. Thanks so much for coming on the show. No problem.
3: Have a good
0: day. Tony X Anthony Holmes. What an interview. Go follow him on Twitter. Solo U City. Man, you're not going to be disappointed. Unbelievable. Follow. Hilarious guy. One of you know just. Best hockey fans of all time. And, you know, just like the purest hockey emotion when he was watching that first game. Unbelievable. Hey, we've got to thank our guests as we wrap things up. Adam Irwin Trout right away. He's good segment there, talking some youth sports, maybe a little Panarin, stuff like that. Joey Tenderanko, the Prime of Saskatchewan, good Saski boy. And Tony X, the GOAT of hockey fans. That's going to do it. show brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use promo code 120ZSports. you are going to make that deposit. They'll match it up to $1,000. Until next week, everyone, take care easy. See you then. <laughs>